Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Good morning and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Angie Setzer. Angie, how are you this morning? Good, how are you? Doing good. Well, yesterday was a, uh, you know, had a good finish to the day. You know, it was, you know, corn was down, beans were down. I mean, it was just kind of a... Compared to what it was last week, you know, we had just kind of had a had a rough week, and then yesterday we had a uh, pretty good shot in the arm. Sound like we had some news come out of China about buying some stuff. So, tell me about that and and what you see happening there. Yeah, a lot of new stories going on. So, I mean, kind of in let's go chronological order, perhaps, or order of things that have hit the market structure. You know, the first thing that we saw, we finally got caught up with the Commitment of Traders report here last Friday. So that was one of those lagging sort of numbers that we had not seen um, from the the government after the shutdown there. So uh, we did get the Commitment of Traders report and discovered that we basically have seen this huge speculative short buildup, not only in corn where it was a record short, but basically across the spectrum of commodities here. So a lot of times when you see that tend to happen, especially like a record short that we saw in corn, it kind of means that that boat's full. You know what I mean? If you pile the boat all up on one side, then eventually she flips and you turn back and, and move the other way. And uh, historically, we've seen anytime we've seen a, a significant speculative short develop in corn, eventually it flips and we see it turn into a, a relatively significant long. So a lot of folks, uh, you know, after the numbers came out last Friday and it was lower or shorter than anticipated, um, you know, we were really kind of surprised with uh, some anticipation on the corn moving higher. I'm going to shut the door one second. So that was the first part of, of what you could say was an exciting sort of uh, change and in, in what was going on there. But also we had uh, um, the weather forecast. So yesterday morning we got an updated National Weather Service forecast from the, uh, the government telling us that they anticipate uh, above normal precipitation and below normal temperatures to remain pretty well entrenched across much of the Corn Belt April, May, June. So that's something that, you know, obviously we've been kind of talking about how delayed we were last fall when it came to getting fall field work done, um, how much we were behind the egg ball already. We really needed a dry, warm spring in order to get the 92 million acres of corn planted the USDA was anticipating. And so now here we sit, you know, looking at the, the idea is that uh, um, flooding, you know, major, the moderate to major flooding is also anticipated throughout much of Iowa Nebraska, Missouri, uh, the Dakotas, Minnesota. So significant portion of the Western Corn Belt is expected to, to remain extremely wet for the next couple months. Um, so it also gave corn a shot in the arm. And then you had uh, export talk happen. So we, a lot of conversations have been going on about corn being shipped out of the PNW uh, to China. Most of the time we get this sort of rumor and we'll get a little pop in the corn market and that's it. That's all she wrote. We don't see anything happen in freight anything happen in basis, and that pretty much tells us that that's, it's just a rumor. 
Uh, but yesterday we actually did see uh, the pop in uh, futures as a result of the rumor and a strengthening in basis. So a lot of folks are saying that the, there must have been something there. So we'll be waiting until about nine this morning. We should see if something was actually contracted yesterday. It should show up in the USDA export sales flash that uh, typically comes out about 9 a.m. So a lot going on. And yep. I haven't even touched on hogs yet. Which is a good segue into my next question. So when we when we look at the hog market, we we saw some uh, the Chinese bought some hogs here uh, last week or first part of this week or something like that, whenever it was. And and there was there was some, you know, it's hard to get information out of China. You know, you don't know for sure what, what's what's happening there with the hog market. But um, right now, it looks like they've lost about twenty percent of their overall hog market, which would be more hogs than we could produce in the U.S. in a whole year. So that that's a that's a big a big chunk of animals that are buying you know eating feed and everything else that goes along with that but it's also a staple diet part of the uh, of the chinese diet so what what effects do you see happening right now with hogs and where do you see that that market heading um you know going into th- this coming week and in, in, in the future yeah i mean the hog market is uh to the moon right now you know we mm-hmm. when the cattle market takes off we have certain characters on twitter that'll uh post the herford strapped to a rocket someone needs to photoshop a hog and place the herford there so i mean it's a huge deal so we, it's not just the hog herd downsizing in china that's major it's the, the south mm-hmm. um uh the breeding stock downsizing so the breeding stock is is yeah that was where the big conversation came from the estimate is you know upwards of seven million sows have been called because of this disease and so that's larger than the u.s sow herd uh, as a whole so that's i mean that's a huge deal um it's something that we need to be paying attention to yesterday's export sales came out we actually saw mexico this time responsible for nearly half of the purchases with china in second place taking a bunch in both still have tariffs in place on on their pork imports so that's that's a huge development in the sense that you know because the prices got so cheap and and all of that good stuff i mean they're still looking to come in and buy uh we're also seeing uh speculative money out of new york pouring in um to the market structure from what i understand they're really looking to buy april 2020 calls we're talking about millions of dollars being spent on this april calls um and that's that's also huge and typically if you start to see the speculative money pouring into the option side you'll see that the typical traders you know your normal everyday hog traders coming in and buying heavy on paper so um you know today would be if we could manage to close loan up it'd be the third day in a row i don't know if we've seen that before um i'm sure we have at some point but it would be a pretty big deal uh, I would not be surprised to see a little bit of a, a breather taken today, maybe, you know, meaning more so that we don't close uh, 675 higher, but um, I guess we'll see. I mean, it's a huge story. Um, and the, the other question is with the prices as cheap as what they were, I mean, in February, we were looking at 10-year lows, multi-year lows when it came to product values. Um, and so did you see some contraction in the U.S. hog herd? So if you saw a contraction in the U.S. hog herd going into what could be record-setting um, increases in demand, you know, it, you can't get more bullish than that. You know what I right. mean? Um, and so it, it'll be interesting to see really what happens there. And, and you know, the idea is uh, rising tide lifts all ships, right? So a lot of folks are expecting, you know, the cattle market to, to stay strong as well because if, if that gets too cheap, then people replace pork with beef and, and things of that nature. So... 
uh, a lot of uh, fun, interesting, always developing things going on. And I haven't even talked about Chinese trade negotiations because I don't want it anymore. Yeah, it's getting old. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I want to hit on real quick was when you look at at the corn, the corn and soybean planting season that's coming up here real quick. You know, we've got a lot of rain in some pretty significant parts of the um, of the corn belt, and as well as you know, still a lot of snow to melt, and there's a lot of flooding going on right now. So, as you take a look out there, what, what's your opinion of uh, how how planting delays are going to affect the market moving forward? Yeah, I mean, right now we're already playing the game of hot potato, you know, when it comes to rotation, basically meaning there is nothing out there that really is like the golden child that should be collecting, you know, all kinds of interest. The November uh, soybean board had been staying in that 965, 970 range. That was encouraging some planting, I think. Now it's fallen back to 940 or so, kind of brings it into question. But obviously, if if weather continues on the path that it's on and we see continuation of, of flooding, and heavy rains and things of that nature, you know, I think that you'll you'll really start to see folks just kind of turn their attention to soybeans because they have to. Spring wheat prices are below the cost of production as well, so no one's in a big hurry to dive in head first when it comes to spring wheat. So, I mean, there's really a lot of things that, you know, price could still change decisions, obviously, you know, across much of the, the northern Corn Belt, you know, where I lived out in Iowa and places like that, Mother's Day weekends really when you start to scratch your head about what you're going to be doing and making decisions. So we're still six weeks away from that. Um, you know, so we have we have some time, um, but at this point in time, based on, you know, the delay that we saw. So last fall, we didn't get the work done that we wanted to anyway. So based on that alone, getting the corn acres in that we thought we were going to get in um, was going to be harder, you know, than anticipated in the first place. You know, couple that with the weather the way it's been. And, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see corn sticking around 90 million acres or so. Um, you know, and, and I really would have to put a pencil to paper and, and kind of wrap my mind around what prevented plant would look like. I mean, obviously that's a conversation that could come about, but at this point in time, I'm, I'm going to be one of those people and say that, you know, we're still, you know, two or three weeks early, uh, for really kind of getting nervous about what's going to go on, but I'll be interested to see what the, you know, the survey results look like next Friday that the USDA is going to be putting out, um, you know, on the 29th. Yep. Yep. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of moving parts here, Angie. So if folks want to reach out to you, pick your brain, or maybe just ask you a little question about what you see happen in the marketplace, how would they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Goddess of Grain, or you can email me at acenter at citizenselevator.com. Right on. Well, Angie, have yourself a good weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. You too. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find it.
Eres y 